Welcome to another podcast from Generations Church. We trust you will be encouraged today. We're so glad you're here today. Gonna suit up. (laughs) It's just gonna be an awkward morning. It's how this day wants to go. Somebody broke my mic. (laughs) Well, this uh, hat I'm wearing makes me more relevant for today's conversation. Yeah, you you look cool. Uh, Yeah, I'm more millennial. But I think you have to roll up your pants and then wear long socks. That's what I heard. Don't do it though. Don't do it. Stay, stay you. (laughs) I think skinny jeans is as far as you want to go. I just want to be relevant as we talk about what we're talking about today. And uh, because relevance is everything. How do you know that? Perspective matters. Uh, Truth matters. What words actually mean when you say them, it matters. Um, And we we live in a time um, where love is that word that I'm not too sure people know what it means all the time. Right. Right. And uh, doing weddings and those kinds of things over the years. We heard heard some interesting interpretations of love. And today is Valentine's Day. Uh, So it's very fitting to talk about love. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah, it is because it's special today. (laughs) Um, We uh, the title of today's message is what's love got to do with it based on the (laughs) classic (laughs) Tina Turner song that goes like this. What's love got to do with it? Got to do with it. I yeah. knew you could do it. There's all, and there's dancers, I think. Oh, I, mean, I wasn't allowed up. to watch video hits as a kid. I was, we would have the dancers, but we're not allowed. Car, we should have Carl and Ed up here dancing in the background <laughs> for, my, for my singing today. Uh, but let me, just, let me just read the lyrics, uh, part of the lyrics of this song to you. You must understand, though the touch of your hand makes my pulse react, that it's only the thrill of a boy meeting girl opposites attract. It's physical, only logical. Logical. You must try to ignore that it means more than that. What's love got to do with it? Got to do with it. What's love but a secondhand emotion? That's so sad. That's horrible. Uh, What's love got to do with it? Got to do with it. That's (laughs) the best. That's why we all like the song. It's actually because of that. Got to do with it. Got to do with it. Um, Because it's catchy. How does it go? Who needs a heart? (laughs) When a heart can be broken. That is sad and depressing. It is so sad. And it's terrible doctrine. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm not expecting Tina Turner to have good doctrine or whoever <laughs> actually wrote the song. Honestly, I, my, my, my expectations of doctrine from the world are quite low. Actually. But maybe we should have good doctrine. Like, I can't wear this silly hat anymore. <laughs> no, you've got to get rid of it. Oh, now I'm no longer relevant. Are going to that way? Because we'll look back on it and wonder what I'm, you were doing. I'm leaving my pants in honor That's of weird. Paul Gurney today. Uh. Um, okay so if we don't have a good understanding of what love means well let's start with like if you surveyed a hundred people and you asked them is it important to have a happy marriage is love important to have a happy marriage what would you answer is love important to have a happy marriage yeah i think a hundred people would say yes yes But then, if you ask those people to define love, 
I think you might get a hundred different answers. Or even more than that, actually, especially if you've been to some of the weddings I've been to, where <laughs> the maid of honor, bless her heart, or matron of honor, stands up at the toast and says things like, I think that love is like two penguins that mate for life, and the, high, the sky is full of rainbows and unicorns. And love is a feeling. And love, love is how you feel about someone, and love is, love is just love. And love know, is love. That's a big thing right yeah, now. That is a big thing right now. And it's, Let's it's not even go there. It's categorically false. Yeah. So, but I think by <laughs> instinct, we, we know that love is a key to success in relationships and in marriage. Um, we, we understand that. But when it comes to defining love, our views are all over the map. And especially if we're just adopting the worldviews of, of what's happening around us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so love is one of those English words that are just misused, misquoted, misappropriated, overused, overexploited, underappreciated, underappreciated, misconstrued. It's one of those words. It's all over the place. Um, case in point, what's love got to do with it? Well, if that's love, nothing. Right. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Because it's physical. Because it's, if it's just physical, if it's just logical or illogical depending on how it fits because it's really only in there because it needed to rhyme um what like what what are what what are we doing with this concept these days it's so broken it's so messed up um and our english language just doesn't do the word justice yeah like i love There's your one hair. word i love Thank your you. hair today babe it's great <laughs> i love it and i love your shoes yeah those are nice i love those and uh i love our church which seems better yeah Seems you better. also love steak. I love steak. I love GMC products. No, that's not always true. Um, I love... Snowmobiling? Snowmobiling. Sledding. sledding? I don't know what's cool. Yeah, I do. I love guns. Yes, you do. But not, not like love, love. No, you just love them. We just say the word and love. And then we're going to sing in church, I love you, Lord. Yeah. We just don't have work. enough words. I wonder, so I don't think Jesus is ever confused, but if you can just appreciate this morning, the way we use that word, love, like, oh, I really love that gun, and I really love you, Lord, like, is Jesus not standing there sometimes going, what are you talking about? Because we just completely throw it around so it loses its value and its meaning. Yeah, it makes me grouchy. Like, when my kid's at the dinner table, oh, I love this. I'm like, stop saying love. You're not allowed to love French fries. Love is for people. <laughs> and I'm, like, that intense about it. Yeah, you kind of are. Kind of, Ish. not quite that bad. Um, so let's talk about what it really is today. Because we have that problem, but the Bible being written in the New Testament was written in Greek, and they had several words to describe love that we were talking about in other, other messages, but they have five words in their culture yep. that would describe love. Not all of them are found in the Bible, but that's the context, that's the that's culture. Right. right. So the first one is eros which is uh, the Pepe Le Pew of the loves. Hey, Oh, mon ami. <laughs> my yeah. little kitty cat. I don't know what Pepe Le Pew does. It's been a long time since I watched him. One of my favorite characters, though, is Pepe. Yeah. He's great. That's fun. For those of you who don't know, he's a skunk. Anyways. Uh, but yeah, the Greeks had this word for describing sexual feelings. It doesn't actually occur in the Bible. Um, and uh, so it's a, a fleeting sentiment, more of a... <laughs> Well, eros really is about a stage of arousal more than it is about anything else. It's, it's, it's physical in nature. Not, it's not an emotional connection even. 
Um, so two people in the back of a station wagon expressing their love, uh, that's not really, that's Eros. It's not love. It's Eros. Yeah. And that we never have never happened. done that because we don't own a station wagon. No. And but we're we do married. Own a, and we're married, but we also own a, a Yukon XL. <laughs> so Moving on saying. to the next word, which is... We'll just let you guys catch up. <laughs> Join us, you know, come, come, come into the conversation. Storge. Storge. Okay. So it's this word that's used when you're describing a family bond. So this is maybe the word you would use describing your love, your feelings for your relatives, um, your, your children, this brother, sister, love. Um, you're looking for, for the word storge. Like when you love a baby, and I like, like to child. remember storge. Yeah. Like this, what brings a baby? It's a stork, eh? <laughs> that's not what... No, not the making of the to, baby, the bringing of the baby. You're trying to go back baby. to the other word already. Okay. No, storks don't really that. bring babies, kids. Ask your parents immediately after church how that all happens. <laughs> Awkward. Ben, you're going to face some interesting questions, let me tell you. I'm glad you have all to right. read this word. Uh, epithemia? Yeah. I love that word. It's my favorite because it's the biggest of all the Bible love words. Uh, thumos or epithemia, a word someone uses to say things like, I love my job, I love my truck, I love the Edmonton Oilers, um, I love Chocolate, my church, I love my pastor, <laughs> I love the way he preaches. Yeah. All those things. They use Epi that word all the time epithemia. in our church. Um, and so they have epithemia. And then we have the word phileo. So this is the word that you'd use for friends that you really like. Yeah. Your, your good friends, um, when you're speaking of affection and endearment towards towards a friend. Yep. The brotherly love. Yeah. Phileo. Yep. And then finally, the most important word, the, the one that we need to let us, let, let define our worldview, let us define our relationships is the word agape, uh, which many of you have probably heard before, but it is defined as a selfless love of one person or another without sexual Im implication. It's a sacrificial choice. It's a... It's a, it's a it's verb. Without, it's a, it's without, without that sexual yes. implication. Yeah, that's, yeah. So I really love the uh, books that Jimmy Evans writes. If you've ever read his books, Lifelong Love Affair is one of the great ones. You can participate in our one of our gen groups that happens every few weeks. You could sign up for the next one that's coming available. Um, but it's a great book. And his definition of agape love in that book reads like this, a permanent self-sacrificing commitment to act in the best interest of the other person, regardless of negative emotions or difficult circumstances. So agape love is more than a feeling. More than a feeling. I knew you could do it. <laughs> it's, it's more than a feeling or an emotion. You're getting it. <laughs> there you go. And I keep on dreaming. <laughs> I'm so blessed, you guys. Uh, I know you're all jealous. <laughs> so it's not, it's not, agape love is not based, it's not based on chemistry or attraction. It's not based on sympathy. That's good. It is a decision. Decision, an act of the will. Human will even. Yeah. Can be. This deep love, it's based on sacrifice and an unwavering, unconditional, unlimited love. Yeah. It's really the only love that can properly describe God's love for us. 
Well, and that's because the agape as, as a word, it, it's representative of the virtue, the reality, the nature of who God is. And so God is, when the Bible says because God is love, it's because God is, he is the personification, the deification of agape. And so um, it's, it's a love that, that yet we as humans can operate in, absolutely, but it's really more beneficial to us if we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us so that we can, as a regularity, act out of agape. From time to time, people can, can, can sacrifice and lay their lives down for another. I mean, agape love is not limited only to uh, the Christian walk. However, for it to be a part of, let's say, I want to use the word your habitual walk, you absolutely would need the Holy Spirit living through you in your life for you to be able to move and walk and make decisions or have your actions come out of agape love with any kind of consistency. That's the love you need when you lose chemistry or attraction. Absolutely. It's the love that remains. Actually, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Faith, hope, and love. Yeah. That, that's the one. What right. remains. Yeah. No matter what matter how poorly someone behaves. Yeah. No matter how they look. Yeah. Or how well, they treat you. Yeah, agape love doesn't care about how you're treated. So right. if I'm acting in agape, and my one of my favorite uh, stories is a book. It was a movie. I can't remember if I read the book or saw the movie, but I know one line from the movie that has been with me my entire life. And uh, two characters, Nikki Cruz, who's uh, like a gangster, and Dave Wilkerson. And Nikki Cruz in this, in this book or the movie, The Cross the Switchblade, says, you come near me and I'll kill you. And Wilkerson's character replies, yeah, you could do that. You could cut me up into a thousand pieces and lay them in the street. And every piece will still love you. That's agape love. Yeah, it, it's this choice, this deep, unchanging, that does, doesn't that, matter. That doesn't change based on circumstances. Yeah. So when Jesus is hanging on the cross, and out of love he says it is finished, and out of love he says, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they do, it's, it's every piece of Jesus crucified to the cross that's still loving. That's agape love. This, it's this permanent commitment if you disobey, if you, I don't know, um, don't deserve it. You turn your back on me. I'm never going to leave you. I'm never giving up on you. That's God's love for us. And it, and it's a, it's an it is God's love by God's choice. So agape love is a choice and an action. Yes. So Romans five eight. I love this because the action of Romans five eight. This version says, "But God proves His love for us in this: while we were still sinners, Christ died for us." There's that action where we have to, we prove love with our action. We demonstrate love. You know, have you ever felt like, I'm just not really feeling loved by you. Come over here and rub my shoulders. I, I need to feel the action of love. Right? Yes. Yes. For sure. <laughs> but it's more than a feeling. We, we're wired to want action, but we need to do action. Yeah. Uh, well, I love it. You put in these notes, um, God loves you because he has decided to love you. You ever thought about that? God, God, yes, God loves you because it is who he is. It's an outflow of, of his reality, his nature, and his virtue, his goodness, all of those things. But nonetheless, there is a decision made to love you, a choice of his will. It is his resolution. God does not love us based out of his emotion. God loves us out of his purpose for us. 
And that's a powerful thing. It's, it's like your kids can do a lot of wrong and you're still going to love them. That's not storge love that you, oh, you're my child. I still love you. It's actually a deeper love than just that storge love because like it goes beyond child. when they're cute. And yeah, and that's right. Teenager. Because when they stop being cute and start being smelly yeah. and, you know, like you, you just onions everywhere agape. all the time. <laughs> Then you need to move in that agape, agape love because that is, it is not up for discussion at that point. I'm still going to love you. I'm still going to lean in. I'm still going to fight for you. I'm still going to sacrifice for you. Yeah. So the choice and the action. Yeah. Um, and so uh, the Holy Spirit living in you and I is the one who allows us, helps us, uh, enables us, if you will, to walk in agape love. You can do it, as I said before. You can do that. You could go to war. You could lay your life down for, for another, another uh, a soldier that you're in the same company as. You could do that. That's sacrificial. It's wonderful. It is agape love. But to love your local politician and to love the people who hate you and want to, want to you know, tear apart everything you believe in, to love those people, that is agape love, and that's the love that Jesus came with. Yeah, it's the, the love when it's hard. Yeah. So, not so just when it's easy. It's not that love is love. It's that agape love is love. And there's a huge, this cultural battle that's going on right now to, to just, honestly, I, th I think it's a slight against God just to say, well, love is love. It's, it's not true. Agape love is pure, absolutely amazing, divine love. And, it, and God wants it to move through you and I. Uh, to that end, Jesus brings it up. What's the most important law? What's the greatest commandment? In Matthew. Yeah, I'm, at, I'm asking you. Okay. I know it's staged, but I'm just asking you to participate. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all yes. your soul, all your mind. It's the first and greatest commandment. Yep. And, and he then, keeps talking. Second. And he says, love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah, if you, if you want to, it's really great to read your Bible and then go and learn some of these words in original language. Because how you should read that is agape the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, your strength. And agape your neighbor as you agape yourself. That, that, that's a lot deeper than full love. So it's actually how we're commanded to love in a marriage, and also how we're commanded to love other people, our neighbor, yeah. the hard people. Yeah. The annoying people. Yeah. The frustrating people. Yeah. And the easy people. Yeah. It's, it's just a, a choice. A, it's a choice, and, and an that choice does amazing things to your brain chemistry. That choice does amazing things to your physical realities when that choice is followed by an action. Yeah. So we decide. We don't feel to love someone. We decide to love someone. We choose. We decide to love. Okay, so let's say you have a neighbor who really annoys you. And sometimes we have that happen. Uh, I'm not saying we have Motorbikes that happen. Motorbikes in the middle of the night, Just, 3 a.m., that one neighbor. Yeah, we've had those kinds of things happen, yeah. actually. Um, so, you, so you're like, oh, dear Jesus, help me to love my neighbor the way you want me to love my neighbor. And the Holy Spirit's going to say, okay, we'll do that. <laughs> and you're, and you're going to sit there and do absolutely nothing. But that's not loving your neighbor. And you can ask the Holy Spirit to help you love someone all you want. But if you're not going to respond to the leaning of the Holy Spirit in your life with an action, you're never going to understand what agape does or the power that it is. Like you could shovel their driveway. You shovel their driveway. It's not just a neighbor, but you get You it. take them cookies. 
Yes. You flatten their tires. No, that's not one that's that you do. That's wrong. That's, that's no. not agape love. No, don't do that. Unless their tires are overinflated and going to explode and wreck their house. Yeah, but it's that, it, it's that choice that no matter how terrible they are, I can still operate in this action and choice of love. And should operate in the choice. Yeah. And, and must, actually. Let's just say it that way, because it's not a suggestion from Jesus to love. No, it's actually a command. It's a, it's a command. Yeah. And so, so agape love, it's saying, I'm choosing to act in your best interest, regardless of how I feel about you. So doesn't matter how you act or how you react or what you deserve, I am going to love. That's right. And loving as an action is based out of a decision you need to make. So sometimes we, we get all backwards. We oversimplify it to give ourselves an excuse. Well, Pastor Trav said, and Pastor Amy, they said that, that love is an action, so I'm just going to act. Well, what are you going to act on? What are you going to do? You still have to make the decision, and you have to apply that in a direction, which is a person I when it comes to agape love. I love that they're connected because agape love is stable and, and committed, yep. and br- that brings so much satisfaction and so much security when you're in a relationship where two people are operating out of agape love. Yeah. But even if you're not, you can be stable. You can be committed. Well, you know what's crazy is in the community of the church, what happens is, is two or three people who are practicing agape love, they all gang up on someone who needs to be agape loved, and then really amazing things begin to happen. It Trust me. true. It happens. It happens here on a regular basis. And so you're allowed to gang up on people with agape love. You're allowed to love on them more. You're allowed, you're, you're allowed to get 40 friends and come and agape love someone more than they've ever been agape loved in their life as far as they know. So it's this deep, unwavering decision. And it, it's really the only kind of love that can withstand the trials and the tribulations and the suffering and the hardships that life brings. And the reason it does that is because when you make a decision and you follow that decision to love with someone, it begins to change your thinking. It begins, it begins to change. It literally changes the chemistry in your brain and in your physical body. All the endorphins that need to move around and be flushed out and make you feel happy or good or sad or depressed or relief or all these different things. It's just chemical reactions, but our decisions and our actions can drastically uh, impact those senses and those feelings. And so when we pair a decision because the Holy Spirit is in us to love someone and then follow through that decision with action, we will actually begin to see people. Now get this. Ultimately, we'll begin to see people the way that Jesus sees them. Why? Because Jesus' motivation is agape love. And it needs to be our motivation as his followers. Yeah. So if, if we see love with the right biblical view, then we understand covenant love, which we don't even have time to talk about mm-hmm. today. But, but it's this decision. So in our marriage, we just never used the D word. It's never an option. We decided before we got married, we are not going to talk divorce. We are choosing to work through this. And we didn't put that in our vows. No. Like, and we didn't sit down and sign a contract with each other. For Amy and I, it was as simple as a conversation we had somewhere along the line. And we've revisited that conversation yeah, and share sure, it with others. I'm sure in our thoughts, we're like, this is so hard. What am I going to do? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go this way. Yeah. But we don't throw it around as an option. No, we, because we said to one another, okay, it's just not an option. So love is a decision. It's a choice. And it's a follow through. With an action and right. all of those things. So we make these decisions. Lots of times we have people 
coming um, to us for counseling. And, you know, they're, they're going to say a whole lot of things, but a lot of the time, they're actually not even coming for help. They're coming just to let us know, hey, I'm out. Hope you're going to, hope you bless that. These are the reasons why I think I should get to leave. Yeah. And it's frustrating when that happens because there's no desire to make the decision or follow through with the right action. Now, I do get to say this this morning uh, to you guys, and I didn't actually say it to the first service, but our church has many couples in it who have we've had this kind of conversation with, and you guys did it right. I mean, it's, it's, as, as we, we, this morning when we said that in the first service, like, man, that, that's horrible to have to say. But then I got thinking, you know, I, can't, I, I run out of fingers and toes to count on, the number of marriages we've seen restored because people are willing to come back and they're willing to ask for help before it's absolutely too late. Yeah, it doesn't have to be that you're at the end of your rope to get help. We get help all the time yeah. in all of our years of relationship. We absolutely Friends, do. Friends, counseling, coach, we need it. Yeah. Not because we're having a terrible time. We want to thrive. We want to enjoy life. Yeah. So they, the couples might come and, and, and say, you know, I, I just don't feel anything for that person anymore. Um, he doesn't meet my needs. Yeah, that's a big one sometimes we hear. He's not spiritual enough. <laughs> that's actually the number one complaint of a lot of women. Yep. He won't lead me. He won't pray for me. Lead yourself and start praying. Yep. Start doing something. Mm-hmm. Pray for your husband. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't mean lead yourself in the whole general sense, but not a good reason to leave. Pray for your husband. Yeah, well, basically, understanding what love really means is we never get to use another person for our excuse. It's, it's actually, it actually can boil down to something that simple. And so when we're dealing with couples or when we're dealing with families who are struggling with their kids, you know, we're less likely to give up on our kids because I think there's that, I don't, I don't know, they were cute. I don't know why it is. But we don't, we don't necessarily give up on kids the same way we see people give up on marriages. And, you know, really the frustration is the frustration, though. It's, it's the same. I don't have anything in common with all my kids. That's right. You don't have anything called, you're not really attracted, not attracted to, them. to them. That's right. But those and are they don't really meet your needs. No, they they don't do the <laughs> dishes. They don't clean up. Well, after they do themselves. mostly. I they do half jobs. Yeah, right. They're pretty good at it. Ninety. But so, so just think time. about that for a minute. Why <laughs> is it then that that we're not like coming to church? Be like, I feel like I want to divorce my kids. I mean, you that may happen in a way. People so, get frustrated. Yeah, but, but we don't. We don't allow ourselves the justification of our thoughts to go that far in some relationships. Because, I'm, yeah, ahead, sorry. Oh, well, at first. one point, these couples, they're head over heels for each other, right? Yeah. You remember the initial beauty of love, and then now they're just like, I just don't love mushrooms on my burger anymore. Yeah, I think the, I think the point that needs to come across in this conversation is that this is why we need to come back to the strong base, the strong foundation of agape love as the kind of love we need to famili- we need to live, move, and have our being with. Because all these other kind of love, it's irrational. It's irrational that you would reject your spouse but hold on to your children. And honestly, your children are creating far more problems for peace in your home than your spouse is in most cases. I, I see some <laughs> nodding happening over here. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus, right? Like... It's, it, but it's true, you know, and that eventually that frustration with children kind of creeps into the marriage. And so just, just understand how illogical this is. Soon we're no longer frustrated with the kids, but we're frustrated with him or her. 
And it's illogical and it's irrational that that is the pathway we take to get there. Now listen, all of this gets crushed when we step back and say, Holy Spirit, I need the divine love. I need agape love to be the predominant love in my life that comes through me, that flows through me, that I choose, that I make my decisions out of, and that I follow up with my actions. Because we're making fun of the, the, you know, people people that might be saying, I'm so done. We're just teasing a little bit this morning. But the truth is, they've experienced a lot of pain. Absolutely. A lot of frustration, a lot of hurt, rejection, all of those things. And and we understand that because we also have experienced that in our relationship. We understand that, that it's coming out of a, a place of pain. And, and so if you're there... We get that. Um, so, uh, you know, 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter of the Bible. Um, I, I want to read it to you this way. Love is being patient. Again, because these are actions. It's always an action with love. Love is being kind. Love is not being jealous. Uh, love is not bragging. Love is not being arrogant. Love does not act disgracefully. It's not being disgraceful. It's not seeking its own benefit. It is not being provoked. It's not something to keep account of wrongs. It doesn't rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. Love keeps every confidence. Love believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Action words. The Bible describes love as action. It's a verb. And remember, Jesus proves, Jesus demonstrates his love. He lays down his life, the greatest love action of all. And that's when it hit me, that love is a verb. Oh. Uh, who was that group anymore? that sang that song, Tyson? DC Talk, gold it. star for you. Absolutely. Love is a verb. Love is a verb, and love, therefore, is tangible. Not a feeling. It's, it's more than a feeling. Did you already do that? I think we already did that. Do you yeah. know how? Yeah, I did the guitar solo even. Yeah, right. Yeah, so we did it. It's more than a feeling. So, so this is an action, not a feeling, not an emotion. It's intentional, right? You don't just fall into agape love like, oh, we fell in love. No, that's not love. What you fell into was something different. You can't fall into selflessly loving someone else. And I think that intentional part is like once the decision is made, once you choose then you can start developing the skills, the actions, the, the tools. Um, you can start the verb. You can start developing the skills it takes to have a healthy relationship. Number one skill that agape love can help you develop is communication. And we need people to communicate more than ever in this world, right? What's the great divide in the culture war? Nobody wants to listen, right? Yeah. Nobody wants to listen. Ottawa doesn't want to listen to Alberta. Alberta doesn't want to listen to Ottawa. Now, that, I, don't, I don't think we're going to change that today, just so you know. But what, a, what about where you're at? What about the situation you're facing? What about the situation I'm facing today? Communication needs to be enabled, and it can be enabled when we choose to sacrificially love one another. Gary Smalley says, if you're serious about having meaningful, fulfilling, productive relationships... We can't afford to let inadequate communication skills carry our conversations. That's right. Now, we're going to do a little exercise together today. And if you're here on the team for the first service, you already know, so you guys can help us lead. But I'm going to share a statement, and you guys are going to say it back with me so we really get this into us. All right? Are you ready? 
Okay, here's the first one. Huffing is not communicating. Let's all say that together with a smile on our face. Huffing is, is not, not communicating. communicating. Okay, here's the next one. Hinting is not communicating. Let's say it together. Hinting, Hinting is, is not communicating. communicating. Now, here's a big, long one, but you're going to be able to do it. Firing off passive-aggressive comments is not communicating. Let's try it together. Firing, Firing off passive-aggressive passive comments, comments is not communicating. communicating. None of these. Let, let's just set marriage aside for a moment. But nowhere in your reality will these actions actually help you communicate better. We all joke about it these days because it's kind of a popular thing to say, but no time in the history of the world has telling someone to calm down ever caused them to calm down, right? Ooh, I feel That's like, a passive-aggressive sentiment. That's and why. And I know, like, we're talking about all kinds of love, marriage, whatever, but how about siblings in a home? Oh, let's just talk let's, about Let's have all the siblings come to the altar right now. <laughs> and parents, we're <laughs> teaching our kids communication <laughs> skills as they're growing up in our house. My kids aren't allowed to stomp off yelling and slam their door. I'm teaching them to say, you know what, I actually really need some time alone. I'm going to go to my room for a few minutes. It's not that I'm mad at you or I'll come back and work it out, right? We have to teach communication skills. Kids, you can learn communication skills because if you're a yeller now, you're going to be a yeller when you're married. You're going to be a yeller with your own kids. And if you're a yeller when you're married, you're going to cry a lot. Yeah. And so will the people around you. It would, it so. would be hard. It doesn't have to be hard. Develop the skills. That's right. And Evans in his books talks about the three types of communication. There's reactive communication, there is radioactive communication, and then there's the good one, which would be proactive communication. So we usually, as humans, operate in reactive communication. Right. You say this, and then I respond with my rebuttal. You offend me. Which is I a nice react. way of saying argument. Offense, yeah. reaction. Yeah. No planning ahead. Yeah. Just absolutely. So that's that's re negative. Re reactive, and I just read a great quote this week on a Carrie Newhoff page or something like that. But Chris Hodges, Chris Hodges, was it? It said, yeah, it said something to the effect of, you know, uh, God is God is not impressed by the quality of your argument; He's impressed by the posture of your heart. And what we do in reactive conversation or reactive communication is we we listen for the sake of coming back at someone, and there's a lot of that going on in the world today. A lot. Yeah. Now, there's still room for reasonable conversation, discourse. There's room for uh, there's room for debate, but it can't simply be reactive in its nature. There's also radioactive. I think we actually had a few of those, especially in the early years of marriage, mm -hmm. like money. That's a radioactive communication thing. Yep. We are just gonna explode at each other, so let's never talk about it. That's right. Never talk about it. It's radioactive. We don't touch it. We're afraid it'll pollute everything else. Listen, one of the things you know about Generation Church, because we say it often, is here we need to learn to walk towards the mess. We need to lean into messy things and messy conversations. Just lean in. That's actually being proactive when you encounter a problem, leaning in. When we treat conversations as radioactive, by extension, we begin to treat people as radioactive. And we wonder why we can't break through. We wonder why we feel alone. It's because we've, we've painted them green and glowing, and we say, hands off. Yeah. So agape love gives us that, that will, that sticking power. And then it's so much easier to have the hard conversations when there's that safety and security. 
Right, and so uh, Jesus in agape love, if you read through all of his conversations in the New Testament, you will find a whole lot of proactive talking. You really will. Yeah, I like, right? uh, I like that. The, the kingdom of heaven is like, and Jesus would go on and tell a story, right? A certain man went out. Jesus had proactive conversations. That's what we see in Scripture. Jesus wasn't sitting back and waiting for the next thing to happen. Jesus wasn't sitting back and waiting for someone to say. So in fact, it's very rare that you see Jesus respond because someone said something offensive. I mean, he's, there's a couple of times, like you broods of vipers, you know, he, he did go off a couple times. He sees something, he addresses it. Yeah. We, if we see an issue or a subject, proactive communication would say that we're going to deal with this head on. Yeah. Kindly, patiently. Let's set aside a time. Let's let's schedule a time. Let's be kind. Let's be loving. Let's come to a healthy conclusion without slamming doors and running away and pretending nothing happened. That's right. Even Jesus coming, like your whole theology needs to reflect the proactive nature of God's communication with us, right? God is not reacting to our sin. Because God foreknew our sin. God, God was already aware of what was going to be going on. And so God, God then provides, he proactively gives a system. He proactively sends a Savior, right? We, 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 need to, we need to get away from reactive thinking, reactive or radioactive approaches to dealing with issues in our marriages, our families, inside of the church, inside of our cultures and communities around the, in the world as well. We need to become proactive with agape love, with the gospel. So we want to operate with agape love, the kind of love Jesus is commanding us to have in our relationships. And it's going to require a choice, a decision, and action. That's right. So pick the time, pick the place. Be calm. Choose to let the Holy Spirit empower you with agape love. It's a decision that will be followed by an action, and the decision and the action will change the way you see a situation, the way you see people. So just as we close today, if you want healthy relationships in your life, you might need to make some decisions. And if, if you're wondering if you married the right person, mm. it's not about that. It's about becoming the right person. Um, especially if you're married right now. You're with the right person. So relationships start with a decision. And if you haven't made the decision to receive God's agape love into your life, to receive his love for you, you can do that today. He is there. He is knocking at the door of your heart. And you just have to let him in. If you're in a tricky spot in your marriage, you don't have to wait until you've hit rock bottom. You don't have to wait for it to be, I'm done. You can get prayer. You can get help. You can get counseling. You can learn the skills of communication. So just as we're wrapping up, let's begin to ask the Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me today through this message? And what do you want me to do with what I've heard today? Action. Do. That's right. So we're going to have you stand. I want to pray with you and for you this morning. And uh, for those of you watching from home as well, you know, you're, you're, still, you're still here. The same Spirit uh, that is, the same Holy Spirit that's in this place is in your living room and uh, in your situation. And so uh, by that miraculous extension, as we pray this morning, I invite you to pray with us. 
Um, if you'd like, after the service today, we have people who would love to pray with you. You don't need to leave this place the same way that you came. You don't have to leave alone. You don't have to leave lost in a place of struggle, disappointment, despair. None of those things have to be that way for you. You don't um, have to be old to get prayer. You can be a kid. You can be anybody. Don't have to be married. Yeah, that's right. Um, and um, But we're going to pray together today and invite the Holy Spirit, of course, to speak to us like we always do. But I also want to pray this morning for us as we consider all of the things that are going on in our world, all the things that are going on in our communities. And we've, we've talked briefly before about the need to see people in our world as the, as the creation of God. And we can't let ourselves dehumanize uh, God's creation. And so uh, as we pray this morning, would you just let the Holy Spirit speak to you? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for principles that are found in it that are that are irrefutable in their application and in their reality and in the, in the truth that they, that they are. And Holy Spirit, once again, we just come to this place of asking you, would you put your finger on the things in, in me, the things in each one of us, Lord, that are preventing me from seeing others the way you want me to see them, that are, that are holding me back from going to the next place that you're trying to lead me, Lord. Father, I pray that the love that you sent your son to this world with would come to us in a new way. That as the Holy Spirit reveals it to our hearts today, that we would become men and women uh, of action when it comes to our decisions about loving and how we're going to proceed. Lord, that it would be followed up, that decision would be followed up with, a, with, a, with an action that will have impact in the lives of people. Lord, our world right now needs your touch more than ever. And God, today we recognize that you have appointed us to be your hands and your feet. And so, Jesus, would you fill us today once again with this overwhelming, divine, miraculous love for one another, for the world around us. Uh, and Lord, would you then move through us? Holy Spirit, would you then teach us how and what and the why for the things you ask us to do? We ask all of this, Jesus, in your powerful name. Amen. Thank you for joining us in another podcast from Generations Church. If you enjoyed listening today, please subscribe to our podcast channel to get a new one each week. For additional information or to partner with us, please check out our website at www.genchurch.ca.